0: I am one decision away from being in the same position. And here's the thing, drug addiction, homelessness, food insecurity, job insecurity, these things do not discriminate. But every community suffers from the same problems. We are all the same. And these problems, these issues, they are—they do not discriminate, they don't care where you come from, what you look like, what your walk of life has been, who your parents are, any of that. they don't. It doesn't matter. We're all going through the same things. Hello and welcome.
1: I'm Lori Hardy and thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. Joining me today are Lucretia Brown, Outreach Coordinator, Outreach Coordinator Lead, Ray Murry, and Portia Thompson, Children and Family Outreach Program Manager of Hand in Hand. Hand in Hand exists to foster hope An opportunity for children and families in crisis by providing services focused on protection, provision, and permanence. Through Hand in Hand, Safe Place is the outreach program, and the newly developed foster support services provide extensive resources and refuge to all children and families in need. So glad to have the good folks from Hand in Hand here with me today. We'll start with Portia. Will you introduce yourself and your position?
0: Yeah. Um, My name is Portia Thompson, and I am the Children and Family Outreach Program Manager here at Hand in Hand. Did I see you on a video? You probably did. I've been on a couple for Hand in Hand. Harvest of Hope was the most recent. We just got done with our Thanksgiving dinner. We do that annually. Last year, it was changed a little bit by the pandemic, but we were super thankful that we were able to be in person again this year. And then we had an event recently as well with a good partner of ours here locally called Diamond Knot.
1: And who do you have beside you?
0: So I have Lucretia
2: right here. And I'm part of the outreach team.
1: And Rainieri. Team outreach. (laughs) Team (laughs) outreach. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what Hand in Hand is and what you do?
0: Hand in Hand has been around 11 years now. We were started in the garage of our founder's house. He saw a need for resources in the foster care community. Social workers were pulling up to his garage to get diapers and wipes and clothes and things like that for children who were in out-of-home placement. So that's kind of how we started. Uh, In 2015, we realized that we were already doing work in the community, outreach work and prevention work. And so that was formalized. Sorry, we have some construction going on here. Uh So there might be some background noise. uh, Forgive us for that. But yeah, we formalized in 2015, the outreach program, formerly known as VIP, which stood for Village Impact Project. And we've been going full speed ahead ever since. Outreach does a lot of prevention work in the community. We try to address needs on the very basic human level so that families can be successful. If you wake up every morning and have to worry about what you're going to eat, if your lights and your water are going to be on, or if your house is going to be warm, or if you're going to have a house, it tends to set the tone for One, the rest of the day, the rest of the month, the rest of the year. We try to address the need on that very basic level in outreach. And we know that statistically, if parents are not struggling to make ends meet, involvement with the child welfare system, with criminal justice systems and other things decreases immensely. Remember
1: in the the beginning, Todd was able to take kids in if they were like taken in the middle of the night, he had taken for, I think it was 24 hours and then he lobbied to get it to 72 hours. I'm grandma of foster kids. We've uh, My daughter has adopted them. So I have a passion about that. So can you talk a little more about that?
0: Yeah. So initially there was a huge gap in services as far as where kids birth to 13 went. There was establishments for children who were 13 and beyond, but there was really nothing for younger children. And so Todd and his wife, Mary, and a very small group of volunteers and our current executive director, Alice Casson, they rallied together and lobbied for some serious changes in the law. That's where Safe Place was born. And Safe Place is a 72-hour shelter, emergency shelter for children entering out-of-home care. Some investigations happen and children go right back home and sometimes they go into foster care. And so uh, we are a safe landing for them for that 72 hours. I mean, those are business hours. So the weekend doesn't count, which is very helpful for social workers to try and find suitable placement or to investigate whatever situation needs to be investigated. And we provide resources to those kids so that when they do go wherever they are going, they go with things that are their own, things that are new. And that makes a very, you know, it makes a very big difference in the life of a child. And- In the life of a family.
1: I think what people don't think about is when a child is taken, it's like they're given a plastic bag and five minutes or less to grab everything important to them. It's such a tragedy. And it sounds like that is kind of a place you're trying to fill in a gap as well.
0: Absolutely. So we at Hand in Hand do not believe in black trash bags. And we know that DCYF, that police departments and the other agencies that are involved do their best so that that doesn't happen but unfortunately there are still a lot of cases where children are met in the middle of the night with a knock on the door and here's a trash bag and fill it up with the belongings that you can and that's what you're going to take to your next spot and and the thing is is that fundamentally every person wants to be loved and cared about and when your belongings are put into a black trash bag you immediately feel like you are without value and yeah. so we really strive to share that love and that we we see value in in these kids and um so we we definitely don't believe in the black trash bag here and yeah we try to make sure that they're set up to be received wherever it is that they're going on your web page it seems
1: like one saturday a month or something you have some sort of clothing giveaway
0: Currently, it's the fourth Thursday of every month. We do a clothing giveaway for the community that's open to the community. You do not have to be in foster care or involved with DCYF in any way to attend that. We really recognize that a lot of families end up involved with the child welfare system because there is not prevention measures put into place beforehand. We really think prevention is important. And so we try to do things like that so that kids are going to school with fresh clothing on, shoes that are wearable, warm clothing, and things like that. Hopefully, if it's a safe environment for them to be in, they're not being pulled from their homes.
1: And now you're doing a Christmas drive.
0: So we actually have two separate Christmas events. We have our event on December 14th, with which is geared specifically towards caregivers and children who are in out-of-home care. And we also include caregivers, bio-children in that, because a lot of times It's a sacrifice for the whole family, and so a lot of times bio kids are overlooked, and we really think it's important for families to be taken care of as a whole. Our event on the 14th is specifically for caregivers and children who are in out-of-home placement and their bio kids. It's a Christmas party. We will have Santa Claus. We'll have the Grinch. We've got cello players. It's going to be a really awesome time, and we're looking for new toys, new warm clothing. So jackets, hats, gloves, that kind of thing. I think that's pretty much what we're looking for for uh, event on the 14th. And then the event on the 21st, that's a community event. Families come in and they shop for their children, and they're able to take items for each of their children, a want item and a need item. And then children who are 13 to 17, they receive gift cards. Big party that night.
1: So how does somebody get in touch with you if they want to volunteer or come to any of these events?
0: So we have our website, which is handinhandkids.org. All of the information to contact us is on there. They can also reach out to our info at handinhandkids.org email, or they can call our admin office. We're open Monday through Friday and ready to receive calls and emails and get people signed up.
1: Lucretia, tell me about your job and what you do at Hand in Hand.
2: So I'm part of the outreach team, so that is working directly with the community. We also have our Club Curiosity and Minecrafting Club, working with kids uh, first grade through fifth grade. We are focusing on science, engineering, art, math. Technology. And technology. Uh, yeah, yeah. Stand, stand. <laughs>
1: and is this through the school or is it an after-school program? How does that work?
2: This is an after-school program working with kids in the community, kids from the local school. Uh, is it the Teal School District? Teal
1: and Everett. And your what is your job and tell us a little bit about it.
3: Well, I know I just want to ditto this Patricia. <laughs> <Greta. laughs> But we also work directly with families who are in need of assistance, whether it be rent, food, toiletries, stuff like that. So we're connecting with families for those things throughout the day and weeks. We try to stay connected with with them even after we've assisted them with whatever it is that was the thing that they needed at the time. Families will call in and whatever it is that they need assistance with. After we've given them what it is that they need or assisted them with what they need, we don't just thank you have, have a good time. We try to stay connected with them and make sure that whatever other resources that we know about can assist them mm-hmm. with, you know, maybe schooling or job training or whatever it is that might be helpful to them to be successful as a family.
1: I remember looking on your website many years ago, the community outreach, it looked like they were playing baseball or something. And this light went up in my head, like, yeah, they're just being in the community so that if somebody does have a need, they feel like they could safely ask for help. And so to know that there are safe people that believe in you that aren't looking down their nose going, oh, you must be a terrible parent. You're homeless. Yep. To me, I was actually, as a single mom, homeless for a little while, and I remember where I lived, there was a resource center, and they were so helpful, but they also, they liked me, and I felt Mm -hmm. so, I didn't want to be receiving, I wanted to be giving, but in the midst of that, like, when I would come to the center, they'd have, like, all these bags they were decorating for a holiday, and they're like, hey, can you throw some ribbons on here? Suddenly, I had some worth. Suddenly, you know, I felt like it wasn't just me taking, taking, but I found a way to give back. And it sounds like that's what the program's about is helping people feel like they're part of a community.
0: Yes. Relationship is the foundation of hand in hand. It is so important for us to be in relationship with our community. We really believe that, like I said earlier, fundamentally, people just want to be loved and valued. I also know that for me personally, I'm have been in my past or am currently one decision potentially from being in the same exact position as any family that I serve at any given time. And so when you are in that hard time, it can seem extremely shameful to reach out for help or to need help. We really want to create relationship with people so that they know they have people that they can count on. The reality is the need is bigger than we are. And so we are not able to do the work that we do without people rallying around us and helping in that work, whether it be through financial donations or community partnerships or any of the other number of things, volunteering. Those are the things that keep organizations like Hand in Hand going and able to serve the community. We are blessed to have an amazing donor base and really great community partners that all keeps us going and an extremely faithful and amazing volunteer base.
1: Tell us about volunteer opportunities.
0: Yes. So we have several volunteer opportunities here at Hand in Hand. We have volunteers or volunteer opportunities in our safe place shelter for people who are interested in that. You do have to be over 21 and it is a pretty extensive background process, but very worth it. We ask that people commit to one shift a month at the shelter just so that we can have a consistent schedule. We also have opportunities within outreach. We have opportunities for our special events like Christmas, like we just talked about Thanksgiving. We also do events throughout the year. So we do back to school event. We do a summer kickoff event and then smaller events sprinkled within and things like our clothing giveaway and stuff like that. We always need people for that. Um, We also need people to come in and build emergency food boxes. We need people to make toiletry packages. Lots of opportunities here at Hand in Hand for those who want to get involved.
1: How has COVID shifted how you do things?
0: Yeah, so (laughs) I think the saddest thing for organizations like ours is because relationship is so important to us, we've really had to pivot, figure out how to do relationship like we're doing today right behind his screen. We've been very fortunate again with community partners. We partner with a local church, Everett Bible Baptist, and they they provide us with a space that to this date has been big enough big enough for us to do most of our programming especially with kids in person because we've been able to maintain social distance and so it, we're really blessed because of that. But like every other organization, it's, it's definitely shifted it. We no longer have people in our office all the time. Um, we don't hear as many kids laughing through the hallways. Protocol and policy have changed in DCYF because of COVID. And so there's lots, lots of new challenges, but I think we've done our best to kind of meet those challenges head on and pivot so that we're still effective in the community. Lakeisha, what brought you to this work?
2: So I'm actually from the same community that we're assisting. So for me, it's really just being able to help the people where I'm from. I love working with kids and hearing the kids say that they miss me or they're so excited to see me is is a really good feeling.
1: And Portia, what brought you to this work?
0: So I am also from this community and for me, the population that we work with here in, in Everett is the majority of the people that we serve are identify as Hispanic Latino. And so my husband is as well and finding an agency where there was not a lot of barriers To receiving assistance was really amazing for me. And I knew almost immediately that I wanted to be here, whether in a volunteer capacity or other. I started as a volunteer through the soccer program that we used to have. We currently partner with Everett Youth Soccer here in in Everett. Uh, But previously, we had our own soccer club within a club. And that's how I became involved with Hand in Hand um, on a personal level. And then from there, uh, the founder was actually my coach and my daughter's coach and still is. And then from there, he was like, hey, I think I got a job for you. And I was like, okay. So I can have been here ever since and I'm blessed to be here. And we have a great community. We serve a great community. Everett is very vibrant, very lively and full of amazing people. And so it's it's a privilege to be able to serve here.
2: I would like to add too, just like we like to make connections with the people in our community. The one thing I will say about Hand in Hand is we are, it feels like family. Like we all have a good time working here. We're always laughing. We're always smiling. Like we have our monthly meetings. It's just, it feels good to work here and to be around these people interested in the same thing. And we're all working towards the same thing. So
0: yeah, I agree with that. Honestly, Lori, the theme for COVID has been resiliency, desperation kind of together, right? And so our community is very resilient. And they've pulled together in ways that are just really amazing. And like I said, we're really blessed to be a part of that. And there's been a lot of pain and hurt, and it's highlighted some huge divides. We have families who are living potentially in housing that, without things like the pandemic going on, have been really difficult to navigate because you have people who prey on for instance, people who are undocumented, right? And so for maybe for you or me or Lucretia, if we're in a, a rental situation where our landlord is every month raising the rent, we know that, hey, something's not right here, right? But for a family that's undocumented, they might not want to say anything. And so every month you're during the pandemic, you're raising the rent $100, $200, $300, right? And the family is desperate to have a roof over their head. And now you have the pandemic that's added job loss, job insecurity, hours are cut back, food insecurity, all of these things that our community faces regardless have now just been blown up huge, Mm -hmm. right? And so the family will stay and try to pay any way they can. We've had families come in who have literally sold every single thing that they could living room furniture, beds, TVs to try and maintain their rent so that they have a roof over their head. And so, but again, that shows the resiliency. All they care about is their their children being safe and being able to provide shelter and food for their kids, because those are the things that are fundamentally important to humans regardless. And so those are the things that we've been dealing with and navigating. And just to see our community and the fact that they are so ready and willing to help their neighbors, that will always be the thing that keeps me believing that there's good in people. Neighbors helping neighbors, people coming and picking up food boxes and cleaning supplies and other items for families that they know are currently sick with COVID or for families who don't have vehicles or families living in their in hotels and other things. Just that pulling together has been amazing.
1: It's so sad to think there are people that prey on people like that we all know it. We don't want to believe it. But then also what I've been overwhelmed with this job that I do is nonprofit. I, I talk mm-hmm. to people in nonprofits and the generosity of yes. people who are giving when they're in need yes. and sharing when they're in need has touched my heart. And to see an organization that is not only recognizing, you probably knew this before, but now you're seeing it highlighted. And then, like you say, you're pivoting and probably you're all looking for ways to deal with that now as well.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: that's what I love about it being community, because like you say, they're not likely to say anything, but they may have a neighbor that's like, wow, that isn't right. We're going to talk to hand in hand to see what they can do.
0: Stand up for each other, come through for each other. And I think Hand in Hand believes that there's true value in this Everett community, in this South Everett community. A lot of people, it's trendy for people to want to come in and change things so that this area will be more like other areas. They don't see the fact that our community, it's got its rough edges and its bumps and its challenges. Every community does. And this community is full of resilient people who care. You don't have to leave here to have a good life, right? Mm-hmm. Simply have to be that good neighbor. And I think if you ask the community, I think our community considers us good neighbors. And we are, like I said, blessed to serve them and blessed to call them our neighbors.
1: I love the idea that people that have been helped are probably coming back and volunteering and working. Absolutely. It's like we were helped now we're going to help. And it's that whole give back that cycle of I'll reach down and bring up the next person.
0: Yes. And we are super fortunate. We have a group of moms who are all Spanish speaking moms. They're coming, we meet weekly or biweekly. And they're helping us with all of our events. And um, it's been really amazing to see them have so many ideas. And there's nothing better than getting what the need is from the people who are living it. we're not this is not coming out of a textbook or what other people come in and think is what the need is this is coming directly from the mouths of the people who are living here that has been truly amazing too to just see them so full and happy and and excited to give back and be a part of healing and just bringing together the community it's it's really an amazing thing to be a part of
1: that's a, a beautiful place to come from
0: like I said earlier, I am one decision away from being in the same position. And here's the thing, drug addiction, homelessness, food insecurity, job insecurity, these things do not discriminate. Our communities in our greater community that have learned to hide it better, but every community suffers from the same problems. We are all human. We are all going through the same thing. And it's our inability to see that and recognize that, that keeps us where we're at. If we were to listen, to understand, right, not just to have a comeback and not just to have a a prove a point, but if we were really to listen, to understand, listen with the heart, we are all the same. And these problems, these issues, they they do not discriminate. They don't care where you come from what you look like what your walk of life has been who your parents are any of that they don't it doesn't matter our community across washington state we're all going through the same things and some people are just better at hiding what they're going through mm-hmm. unfortunately i think the the thing there is is that when you do fall it makes it really hard to get up when you have community people check on you right people hey Portia seems off today. Let me, you know, let me check on her. Lucretia, she doesn't seem like she's okay. Let me check on her. When you've learned to hide things so well that people don't check on you, that's, that's a, that's a problem. Our community checks on each other. They Mm -hmm. make sure that they're okay and they, help each other when they're not. And again, going back to the fact that fundamentally people just want to be loved and cared about, that, that really is it. That's really the big secret. You know what I mean? like every person just fundamentally wants to be loved and cared about, that's it.
1: Well, and I think during COVID, we saw that people were losing their jobs and they needed to go to the food bank. It was something they'd never done before. I always think if you have to ask for help, then you're going to be better at giving help when the time yes. is needed, because you've been in that position.
0: Absolutely. And I think when you're in that position and that you have to ask for help, you will, like I said earlier, check on people so mm-hmm. that maybe you don't have to ask. And maybe you asking them if they're okay, will help them have the courage to ask for help. It, it takes a lot of courage to ask for help because we, we live in a society that, you know, still kind of shames People for needing help on the very basic human level. I mean, we know that there are huge injustices and divides in our community. If we put it all on those people to, well, ask for help, we'll ask for help. Well, if we see that there's that something's not right, why are we not going to the to those people, that community, that and saying, hey, what can we do? How can we make the situation better together as a community? That's a real struggle too, and I, I will. That is a personally. For me, it's a very convicting struggle. And I think it it goes back to there's also nothing like asking for help and having it thrown in your face. Right. Mm-hmm. So again, I think that's why for us it's a relationship is important. So that people feel safe asking for help and know that it's not gonna just be thrown in your face.
1: And that there's not pity. Like yes. maybe they come and ask for help that you can't offer them, but maybe you might know of a resource, yes. right? Thinking yes. COVID, we've really realized there are a lot of places. Yes. That we didn't even know would help.
0: Yes. And I will say that the team here, the outreach team here at Hand in Hand, Lucretia and Rainieri, they are amazing at research and finding resources in places that even as the program manager, I would never think of. And so I truly appreciate their ability and their their desire to serve their community so well that they're willing to go the extra mile. To find those resources and they're very creative so if we can't maybe uh take care of a whole bill maybe there we'll take care of 25 percent we'll find another partner agency to take care of 25 we'll just eat away at it till we've taken care of the problem and their desire to really take even just a small portion of that burden off of the families they that's what they to do that's a blessing to be around as well
1: i love that our time's just
0: about up.
2: Thank you so much.
0: We appreciate you, Lori. Thank you for your time. I'm Rainiery. She's actually with a client, so that's why she stepped out.
1: Merry Christmas. Yes, you too. Merry Christmas. Christmas. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in today, and we hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community and beyond.